You're listening to a Richwood Church podcast. Instability, unrest, fear, suspicion. It's all threatening to tear our nation apart. After a week of rioting, now finger pointing and accusations are at an all time high. And it almost seems as if the very stability of our government is on shifting sand. And meanwhile, on top of all of that, we have to deal with COVID-19. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of change. Now, next week, we're going to be back here in our building to do church for the first time in some three months. And I'm really excited about that. It'll be so good to see you. But things will be different. We'll be talking about masks and social distancing, and registering for services. That's all new, but it's part of the new reality that we all live in right now. In short, everything is changing, and there's very little that stays the same. How we deal with our neighbors, how we feel about our civic leaders, how we shop, how we go to school, even how we go to church has suddenly changed, and it's unsettling, that's for sure. But there is some good news, and the good news is this. God never changes, and I want to say that again, and I want you to hear it loud and clear. In the midst of huge medical shifts and social shifts, God stays the same. And that is so good, and I want you to be encouraged by that truth. And this will be the focus during our time together. Now, this weekend, we start a brand new series. It's called, Who is God? And I chose that because it's never been more important to answer that question correctly. Who is God? Because the answer to that question informs your theology, which informs your worldview, and that informs how you live. Have you ever answered that question, who is God? The answer will determine your eternal destiny. It is such an important question. It's the most important question you'll ever ask, and it's the most important question you'll ever answer. So as we move through this series, we're going to talk about aspects of God, like His sovereignty, that He's all-powerful, He's faithful, He's loving, He's kind, He's merciful, and He's just. We're going to talk about this truth about God that will help us to deal with these uncertain times. And when you have a proper understanding of God, then you can thrive in COVID-19. You can thrive during racial unrest, and even when things are moving at warp speed, you can be anchored to a God that never changes. He's always the same. He's the rock. You can depend on Him, and you'll know He'll be the same yesterday as He is today, and the same He'll be tomorrow. So before we gain a biblical perspective on 
this idea of the unchangeableness of God. Let's define some terms. So theologically speaking, this doctrine is called the immutability of God. And here's a definition of this doctrine, that God is unchanging in his being, his perfections, purposes, and promises. In short, God doesn't change. And there's plenty of scriptural evidence to support this doctrine. So let's turn to the word together and let's look at a place like that and turn to 1 Samuel 15, beginning in verse 24. 1 Samuel 15, 24. You can turn there in a Bible, you can turn with your device, and we're going to see Saul, who is the king of Israel, he'd become enamored with his own glory. He'd erected a monument to himself on Mount Carmel, which overlooks the Jezreel Valley. And because of his pride and because of his arrogance, Samuel the prophet confronts him. And I want you to see exactly what happens. Beginning in verse 24, Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and your words, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. Now, therefore, please pardon my sin and return with me that I may bow before the Lord. And Samuel said to Saul, I will not return with you, for you have rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord has rejected you from being king over Israel. And as Samuel turned to go away, Saul seized the skirt of his robe and it tore. And Samuel said to him, The Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you this day and has given it to a neighbor of yours who is better than you. Verse 29. And also the glory of Israel, that's referring to God, will not lie or have regret, for he is not a man that he should have regret. Then he said, I have sinned, yet honor me now before the elders of my people and before Israel, and return with me that I may bow before the Lord your God. So Samuel turned back after Saul, and Saul bowed before the Lord. So this scriptural narrative is a perfect example of how Things were changing quickly in Israel, and there were things happening because of man's destructive decision. And in order to ground your faith in this fast-changing time in which we live, here's the first point I want to make to you, and that is this, that though the world he created is constantly changing, God never changes. The world he created is always moving. You know, the universe is expanding. The universe is exploding still, but the one who created it never, ever changes. God created government. He created social order, and that's shifting right before our very eyes. But God never changes. God created human beings. And we change physically, we change emotionally, but the one who created us, he, he never, ever changes. And in verse 24, 
Saul admitted to Samuel that he had sinned. He'd made a mistake. And he feared the people more than he feared God. He became enamored with his own popularity. And that, of course, was unacceptable to God. And so he tore at his robe, which is emblematic of the kingdom being torn away from him. But you see, this is God's plan all along. This did not surprise God. And he was to give the kingdom now, in verse 28, to a neighbor of yours who is better than you. Those words must have stung. And of course, he's referring to David. But God wasn't surprised by this. It wasn't a change of plan. It was the one who God had intended to give the kingdom to all along. And it would take 15 more years to do it. But then God would have in place a man after his own heart. This was God's plan. This was God's purpose. And not only were things changing quickly in this narrative, but we see our world constantly changing, but God never changes. And then in verse 29, we see a second truth that will help us ground our faith, and that is this. God's purposes are ongoing and unchanging. His purposes do not change. He does not change his mind. Now, there are several different versions that we can look to to understand what this one particular verse is saying to us. First Samuel 15, 29. In the ESV, we see it read as, And also the glory of Israel will not lie or have regret, for he is not a man that he should have regret. In the NIV, it's he who is the glory of Israel does not lie or change his mind, for he's not a human being that he should change his mind. And then very similar to the NIV is the NASB, the New American Standard Bible, also the glory of Israel will not lie or change his mind, for he is not a man that he should change his mind. You see, the Bible is so clear on this topic. And this verse is so good because as we see the Lord repudiate Saul and as we see God select David as his replacement, this didn't mean that God had misled Samuel. It didn't mean that God was surprised by Saul's sin. It didn't mean that God changed his mind. What was happening here is that God's plan from the very beginning was forming and taking shape. And Scripture itself is rich in its defense of the immutability of God. And the truth we find in the Word of God should give you tremendous confidence and assurance as things are changing all around you. In Numbers 23, 19, God is not a man that he should lie or a son of man, that he should change his mind, as he said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and will he not fulfill it? Then in Psalm 33, 
11, the counsel of the Lord stands forever. The thoughts of his heart to all generations. One passage that's just to the point is Malachi 3.6. For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. It couldn't be any clearer. I do not change. And then in James 1.7, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. And this scripture is so heart-rendering in this time in which we live. And we don't have time to go through all of it, but I would encourage you to take some time and Google scripture, God never changes. And just watch the scripture pop up on your screen and let your heart be overjoyed by it. Because it's a doctrine that's meant to give us hope. It's a doctrine that anchors us. We don't have to live in fear. And though we're shocked at times by what we see happening, this is something that stays the same. It never changes. And we can put all of our eggs in this basket and we'll never, ever regret it. But now, let's deal with a couple of difficult aspects of this important doctrine. If God doesn't change his mind, what about scripture passages that seem to imply that he absolutely does? And if this doctrine is true and God stays the same, does God answer prayer? And even more to the point, why should I pray if God's purposes are ongoing? And I wish that I had far more time to flesh out all of this, but let me try to answer those questions. And let's deal first with scriptural events that have happened that seem to inform us that God changes his mind. For example, God acted when Moses prayed to prevent the destruction of the people of Israel. That happened in Exodus 32. We see in Isaiah 38, God added another 15 years to the life of Hezekiah when he was asked to do so. God didn't bring a promised judgment on Nineveh, on Nineveh when, the, when the people repented, and Jonah was not happy about that at all. And in our story, it seems that God decided to go a completely different direction regarding Israel's kingship. But here's the thing. When you throw out a term like change his mind, there's an implication that a situation has arisen that God wasn't expecting or that gave him reason to change and adjust his plans. But to the contrary, God knows all things. God is never surprised. In, in 1 John 3.20, the Bible tells us, for whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart. And he knows everything. It doesn't get any clearer than that. And then there's this amazing passage in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah 46, 9 and 10. Remember the former things of old, for I am God, 
and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will accomplish all my purpose. And so we know, because Scripture tells us, that God does not change his mind based on events that change. But what about prayer? And this is a hard one because the very essence of prayer is to appeal to the heart of God, to, to bring about a change in a circumstance, to, to move something along that maybe had gotten stagnant. So what do we do with this doctrine if we're saying that God doesn't change? Well, the great theologian, as he does so often, R.C. Sproul, helps us with this. He says this, God is eternal in his perspective and in his full knowledge of everything. So we don't change God's mind, but prayer changes things. Prayer changes us. And there are times in which God waits for us to ask for things because his plan is that we work with him in glorious process of bringing his will to pass here on earth. And I really like that quote, and I love how R.C. Sproul approaches this, because in other words, we can say this. Yes, prayer is effective. It changes the heart. It changes situations. And sometimes... God is waiting for you to join him. He's waiting to answer your prayer when your heart lines up with his. But God himself never changes. And and through all of our decision making, and yes, there is free will. One of the the, the real falsities of how people view Calvinism is that there's this this predetermined set of things that will happen with God and that our free will is non-existent. No one ever says, Calvin never said that. But what the Bible is telling us is that we have free will, we're making decisions, we're praying, situations are changing, but God himself never changes and his purposes never change. And I, for one, am really glad that his plans never change. He doesn't change, though the world he created is always moving around and and shifting. His purposes never change, though we act within it and we make decisions and we pray. And so this doctrine of immutability is so very important, especially now. And let me run through some ways that I think it matters to us. Besides the obvious, when you're sitting home and watching rioting and looting and politicians lying and all of these things that drive us crazy, here's why the doctrine of immutability is a game changer. First, if God could change, if God could change, then he we could no longer rely on any of his biblical promises. We could no longer rely on biblical prophecy. He could just decide on a whim not to ever send Jesus back. And that would be a terrible thing to have to wonder about. 
if God could change, he could fundamentally change his own character. We wouldn't be able to depend on this loving, merciful, eternal, and just God. He could just change, become evil. He'd become anything that he wanted to become, but he doesn't change. The fact that God doesn't change means that he has a plan and purpose for your life, even in the midst of COVID-19. It means that you can trust him with your health. It means you can trust him with your family's health. It means you can trust him with your future. And the fact that God doesn't change means that though it appears that racial unrest is tearing apart all that is good, what God is doing is he's working the best future forward because his plan and his purposes are always the same. And God's unchangeableness means that you can live in peace because he is absolutely in control. And you can depend on everything you know about God, everything you've learned about him from Scripture. Though there's nothing else that's static in our world, God is. He never moves around, he never changes, and he will always be the same. Now maybe what you're thinking is, I've I've never heard that before. I'm not sure I believe that because I don't have a relationship with God. Well, I want you to consider having a relationship with God because I want you to have this kind of peace. I want you to be able to live in faith. And to have a relationship with God, the Bible tells us that it only comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I don't remember a time in history, at least recent history, that has been so informative as to the sinfulness of man than right now. Sin is everywhere. It's unmistakable. If you have any doubts as to a sin problem that exists, then watch what happened on Lake Street. On Thursday, there was a funeral that should have never happened. But God knew that this sin would be in our world and that you have a sin problem and I have a sin problem. And God knew that there needed to be a punishment for that sin. There needed to be a penalty paid for that sin. Just like those police officers that are being charged, there's a call for justice. And there's no justice anywhere if there's not a punishment paid for a crime. And so because of the sin that we've all committed, the mistakes we've made, the, the poor choices we've made. There's no justice unless that crime is paid for. And left to our own devices, that payment would be you and me living in a place called hell for all of eternity, removed from God, suffering in conscious torment because that punishment would fit the crime. There's a cry for these officers to be charged at a high level because justice needs to be done. And hell is, well, it's the punishment that fits the crime of rebellion against God. But God sent his son Jesus Christ into the world so that he would pay that penalty. And it's so ironic because he's an innocent bystander. He didn't do any of this, but yet he's the one who paid for it on the cross in crucifixion. 
and through belief in him, through repentance of sin, then you can have eternal life. Your sins can be paid for and you can start a new life of hope and peace. And I want to take you to a place on our website. It's myrwc.org at Ridgewood Church. And you'll find on our front page this button that simply says, I've decided to follow Jesus. If you push that button, then you will have resources opened up to you. If you want someone to contact you, we will. We won't if you don't want us to. But I want you to have that opportunity at least at myrwc.org. Again, how you see God is the most important decision that you will ever make. And part of the truth of God and his unchangeable nature is that he sent his son to save us. And once we are saved, once we have been saved from this punishment that never goes away, never changes, cannot be taken away. Now in this passage, there's tremendous change happening in Israel. Saul's having the, king, the kingship stripped away from him. And there's massive changes happening around you right now. But take heart in the fact and live with joy in the fact and be bold and live with courage in the truth that God never changes. Let me pray for you. God, I just pray that you would help us to believe this truth and to remember it when we're afraid because, frankly, everything that's happening around us right now is terrifying. It's unsettling. We don't know where this is all going. The things that we, that we once held dear are slipping away, and we're trying to understand so many different points of view, and sometimes we throw our hands up and say, is it even worth it? But you come along and say, yes, because I'm not changing. I'm still the same. So help us to walk with you. Help us to trust you. And for those that have not yet come into a relationship with you through Jesus Christ, I pray that you would call each one to yourself. I pray that you would extend your hand of salvation to many, even right now, so that there could be peace and joy even in the midst of tumult. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, before you run, I just want to remind you that on the 14th of June, we're going to be back in church for the first time in three months. Can you believe that? That's how long it's been. And again, at our website, you can find more info about our reopening, myrwc.org. You'll find information about our safety protocols. You'll be able to register for a service, and we need to register you because we have to stay under the 25% capacity, so we need to know who is coming. But I'm so excited to see you, and I want you to go online and register. If you don't feel like you're ready, or if your health doesn't allow, that's just fine. We're going to keep live streaming at a high level so that we can all be together in that way, and one day I hope that we could all be together here in our church building. So I look forward to seeing you soon. 
and may God bless you greatly. Thank you for joining us on the Ridgewood Church Podcast. For more faith-based resources or information about Ridgewood Church, visit us at myrwc.org.